Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. Hi, and welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, aka The Muckle Stoter, and today I'm excited to introduce my first guest, Funhouse Tyler, a kinky artist whose work I've been following for a long time now. I quickly want to say that art is work, and if it's worth commissioning someone to bring your fantasies to life, then it's worth paying them. As an artist, I get that a lot, and it really drives me crazy. I try to be quite gentle about it because I want people to understand. But it is infuriating when someone says, I just don't want to pay. You wouldn't work for free, so please don't expect anyone else to. Today, the circus is in Ontario, Canada. So join me as we go under the big top. We, yeah, the thing about puns is you if you make a good pun, you need to have the momentum to keep making a good pun. And I am I thought about having all the titles to the episodes be puns and I, I just can't maintain that level of I just I just don't have the uh the yep <laughs> I know that I don't have the comedic capacity for that You're um, from okay. the UK do you know um do you know Tim Vine the comedian no I don't oh his he has like the world record for the most jokes told in an hour because he just does one-liners he just keeps doing them over and over <laughs> are they good <laughs> He's am- he's absolutely amazing. Oh, He'll cool. be like that that that's an alphabet grenade. If that goes off could spell disaster. Like just <laughs> jokes like that. Uh, my favorite joke he does which I have this here. Uh <laughs> my favorite joke is he'll like reach into a bag and he'll be like, "Hey." <laughs> oh. Hey. They were out of order. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, just have, I just have these cutout letters. And he, <laughs> For anyone listening, there was a gag. <laughs> yes, no one can see. The worst visual joke ever <laughs> is just hearing it and being like, what? Why are people laughing? I might th- make that a tradition to have as many visual gags as I possibly can on this podcast just to alienate my audience <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah, that's really nice and accessible. We're just going to do a bunch of... Today's episode will feature visual ad, visual gags, which no one can hear. Well, we can do sound effects. They could be, you know, they could be oh audio description. The visual gag podcast? <laughs> well, 
Speaking of visuals, that's kind of what I, I wanted to talk about. Because today I want to talk about art. Well, specifically, I, I want to talk about art and kink. Because there's... Oh, good. Well, there, I think it's... <laughs> well, it's a good thing yeah. I'm here, then. <laughs> good, lucky me. <laughs> but I think it's important to have an outlet for these things because a lot of people's kinks aren't even possible in reality, right? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly feel that. Well, this is the first time we, you and I have even talked. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I, somebody tagged me on one of your Instagram posts, like yeah. one of your art pieces. And they're like, oh my God, Tyler, you'd love this. And then you replied back. You're like, Tyler, I love his stuff. <laughs> and then I looked at your stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's stuff is great. <laughs> Hi, by the way. <laughs> and then you're like, want to be on a podcast? Like... Like a day later, I was so excited because so I've like I followed your stuff for ages. Obviously, like the clowns is is what drew me in at first, but I've been following your work. Your comics are, are, are brilliant, and I've never quite had the patience to draw a full comic. I so just many people of, have told me that. Yeah, so, so many people are so many artist friends I know are like. I, I, I get really envious of a lot of artists and uh, one of the weird feelings was having the other artists that I look up to be like, oh man, like I'm so envious of your work. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm really envious of your work. Why are you envious of my work? They're like, you can like do a story with characters and stuff. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> is it that difficult? But yeah, people really struggle with like storytelling or just doing something so so consistently for yes so the consistency long. for me like i i would love to do it i just i don't have the patience i just i'm so i hate drawing the same thing multiple times which is just what drawing is so yeah i hate a large part of drawing but that's why i never got into animation like i oh. i can't draw the same character in the same page Dude. more than like six times correctly and they're my own characters i don't want to advertise this because i simply refuse to do it a couple of people have like requested commission to like commission me for animation i've just flat out refused because i i've really gotten into it because i i I really like animation but it takes all my strength to have the patience to do it (laughs) and just i need to be in the mood and if i'm not in the mood like you can't pay me to to do that it is so taxing and like if i can't do a comic book (laughs) we're already on yeah, my animation is, you know... I've from, seen you do animated stuff, but it's, yeah. it's like static characters that are motion animated. Yes. Which is yeah, fine, yeah. because I do that. I've done that a lot in the past. I once had to do... I had to replicate the opening of the ride Mystic Manor in what? in Disney. Um, and what we ended up doing, or what I ended up doing, because I was given the task, and I'm like, how do I do this? I just drew a character sprite and then just had arm up, arm down. And then, you know, the, the character just like in between two frames, the arm was up and the arm was down. Uh, but I, but then I could motion them like in the space that they were in, replicating like the, the monkey character from the pre-show. So he just sort of moves up and down. And then I can I can have like the eyelids open and closed. And then I was doing like a little like, like monkey voice or whatever. But yeah, just simple animation stuff like that. 
is what like it, it's it's a bit cheaper than, than what you would normally see where something was fully animated but i think just having like character sprites animated is it, it it's one of the ways you could do it i mean that that what's the show uh epithet arrest erased did that where they just had character sprite drawings that would change, but then be motioned like the entire time based on how the character was talking. And that was a show and they did that for a series. Yeah. And people liked that. I mean, I wonder if there is a market for something as simplistic as that in kink, because it would be great to be able to uh, definitely uh, listeners. Let us know what you want to see, <laughs> which desires you want to see brought to life in sprite form. <laughs> I've seen um uh well there's there's the the creator Coddle who yeah. does like vor audios or hypnosis audios oh, they're like yeah. ASMR they're so comforting and they just have like a character on the screen like just a like a, mm. s- a static drawing that has a bit of motion to it like usually it's like a coil just rotating infinitely in the corner but it looks like it's like just a coil moving I which love, which that end up those. works working really well yeah Anything that's got a nice spiral to it. Yes. <laughs> Always very comfortable. I listen to those when I go when I go to sleep. It's honestly the best thing. It's it's honestly very much helped me fall asleep. Yeah. I'm getting more and more into hypno, but I'm so resistant. Like I I wanna yeah. I wanna not be but my my mind's just like try and hypnotize okay. I'm not gonna pay attention. <laughs> You know, and I'm just like, shut up. Let's, let's let's get involved. I'd love to try being hypnotized like once, mm. but like properly. Oh, I know, yeah. I know it's the kind of thing where like, if you are resistant to being hypnotized, it just won't work. Right. And I'm like, I'm open to it, but I don't, I don't, I, the, the worst thing I think is if somebody tries for like, you know, 20 minutes and they're talking and they're doing their thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's just not working. Like yeah. I'd want it to work. That would be interesting. I've done it before in a, a setting where I was, it was in a club and I had just been bound and blindfolded and suspended and tickled and disorientated. And what club of- is this? <laughs> <laughs> and can I get a ticket, please? <laughs> It's Felgeist uh, in in Berlin, um, a really really cool space that I I frequent, um, and it was uh, part of their ABDL week actually, and uh, yeah, a, a lot was going on. And but after having all that done, I was disorientated and confused and felt very susceptible, and then got hypnotized. And a part of me wasn't sure to what extent I was just kind of going along with it because it was fun and kind of hot but also i wanted it to be real so badly if you know what i mean like i feel like there was a part of me that was just like let's not even question whether or not this is yeah just do it but yeah it's a good a good time that place and and a lot a lot of stuff goes on there they've always got events on obviously i i think i'm quite unique in the fact that i for some reason decided to go to another country for my first ever kink experience and keep going back (laughs) there. But okay. So I want to know how kink started for you and also what it means to you, because I feel like the reality of learning to be ourselves is that no one shows us how, like I, I really like superheroes. And I think it's because for me, the mark of a true hero or a role model is how successful they are at, being themselves. And so stories that inspire us to do that or 
to be something more than we are or our best selves are things that I looked up to. And honestly, that's what got me into cartoons and comics and, and, and drawing and influences my art style heavily to this day. So start me off. What what would you say is your, your main kink and, and how did that happen for you? So the first time I remember uh, experiencing something like that, um, you know, I was very young. I was discovering myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, people can't see, but I'm about to hold up a book. Uh, it's called Goosebumps. <laughs> oh my God. Specifically Monster Blood, which is about a giant slime monster that sucks up people. And, <laughs> and I like, I'm sorry, R.L. Stein. You're, you're, you're very good at writing, uh, <laughs> monsters swallowing people and (laughs) it was i don't know it was something in the way it was written about somebody describing being absorbed by a blob monster Uh, that just kind of took me off in that direction and i the minute i started discovering like art websites like deviantart is when I started looking up that kind of stuff, like characters covered in slime or sinking in mud or quicksand and stuff. That was that was the first stuff before I discovered the the other uh, the the link that those had to Vor, which is the main thing that I draw and work on mm-hmm. primarily. And 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 there's a lot I think there's a lot of overlap in those things like getting covered in goo or sinking in goo or sinking in mud going into, you know, being being swallowed alive by some kind of monster, which could be a slime monster or a mud monster, which happens in another Goosebumps book, Mm -hmm. uh, Shocker on Shock Street, where they're sinking in quicksand and mud monsters come out and start pulling them in. And um Sorry, and while we're on the topic, just look at this. Sorry, cut this out, but look at this cover. <laughs> I, I know, I know. No. Okay, it's the R. cover of Beware of the Purple Peanut Butter, <laughs> which is a kid cover uh, stuck in a giant sandwich covered in purple peanut butter, which is just Honestly. oozing on, his, on him, uh, which must... doesn't happen in the book and is very disappointing. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> It's, a, it's one of the choose-your-own-adventure ones. He knows. Like, I, I mean, there's no way that... He, like, he must know how much he has influenced <laughs> so many... Sometimes things. I wonder, because I... That's the thing. As a kid, I see it so much in media. And yeah. that's one of the... Th- like, when I, I... I've done a Vore panel at a convention, specifically oh, wow. a furry convention. And that's the one thing I always bring up, which is like, look how much this is in media. Completely. Like, of course it's going to influence us. The question is, most of the time, how much do the people making this content or this this these stories, do they understand what they're making is this thing? And I yeah. think sometimes it comes across, like specifically Rick and Morty have had a bunch of jokes where a character is being eaten very slowly. There's one particular episode where they're like in a spa and a, a oh. giant like blob monster <laughs> yes. spits them out. And yeah. they're like, yeah, sometimes, you know, these creatures just love holding humans in their stomach yeah, until yeah. they're until they're relaxed. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Somebody in the writer's room must know what's going on. Totally. They're like, hey, wouldn't this be a fun joke? Well, there are there are things like Rick and Morty, like. Funnily enough, Bob's Burgers, I found, has a lot of kink jokes, like kink-specific jokes. 
Like, they are clearly very, very aware. And I feel like a lot of adult humor cartoons do stuff like that very deliberately. But I'm like, at what point is it... Like, at what point is it that the creators of these... That are making these kinds of things for kids are just completely unaware. To what extent is it then that it's something that's traumatizing for them? And they're... They don't realize that the thing... Because fear and phobia, right? They're kind of like just, you know the same lane you're just going in a different direction really so at, at what point is that something that they're like oh this is creepy kids will find this creepy and then of course for a lot of kids it kind of has the opposite effect where the fascination becomes an obsession because goosebumps I, did that to me <laughs> big it's time. all encompassed in the word peril i think where it's it's stuff that's meant to scare you and frighten you but uh, for many people, the more you think about it, I think that's just where kinks developed from in general. Mm. Like, we've all seen He-Man getting tied up and grabbed by big hunky men, and he's like, Arr! and we're like, Ugh. and like, <laughs> that's, that's like the whole basis of just one of my comics is just the idea of like, hero versus villain, and what happens when all the villain things are just so kinky but the hero's into it, like, yeah. and they're like, well, I'm just gonna let him take me this time, because that could be fun. It's it's just everywhere. Like, there is no conflict without peril, I think. And the more that you, the more that it gets you terrified, I think the more you get interested in it. It's like why people totally. watch horror movies is yep. because they like being scared, yeah. They like that kind of fear. It's why people go into haunted houses and then scream the whole time. It's like they yeah, they chose to go in there totally. or they want to go in there. Like when I was coming up with this like funhouse comic, which is like primarily we were talking about clowns before. That's mm -hmm. like I didn't even know I had a thing for that at all until I started. Well, I didn't even start working on this comic. That, that's a whole other story. I'll get to, I'll get to that. Okay. Cause it's like, cause that's, that was such a new thing for me to find out I was interested in, in like, you know, my late twenties. And it's like, oh, suddenly here came this thing like out of nowhere that I was never into. And I'm like, where did that come from? And I think it's just finding that connection to how it fits into the rest of the things. Totally. Totally. I, I have that with oh, so many kinks now, but that lightning bolt moment of something like uh, most of the stuff I'm into now used to be like an active repulsion. I used to be like, Oh no, that is not for me. And then someone or some situation or something just contextualized it in alignment with the other things I like. And I was like, Oh, Oh, oh yep. <laughs> okay. And now it's like, ding that like even fursuiting. Like, I don't, oh, yeah. I didn't Same. specifically like have a fursona. But then I went to a friend's house who makes fursuits and I tried one on so cool. and, and just the instant feeling of like being in this big plush suit and then looking in a mirror and seeing a different creature staring back yes. at me. I'm like, I need to, I need to have a fursuit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care what it is. Yep. And, the, yep. and, the, and then I just got one rent, like they, the person making it designed it based on like, I threw out rat purple tail on the mouth <laughs> and then they made it and i'm like i'm in love with this i'm in love with this creature that has just been created for me oh my goodness i want to see oh yeah oh if, 
Marshmallow is is my fursuit name, and I've done silly for stuff with it as well. Because awesome. I have this miniature. Somebody made me this miniature plush of myself, and I'm like, oh, <gasps> I can uh, I can definitely <laughs> do some fun stuff with the fursuit. <laughs> so I'm like puppeteering the head and trying to pull this like plush toy through. The wow! <laughs> but it's always like in the silliest way. Like the I just do the voice of this like tiny plush of me going like, oh, sir, can I? come up like <laughs> i just make it as silly as i possibly can I because it's much funnier when it's not taken so seriously 100 i mean all my kinks come from the silliness the goofiness the extravagant ridiculousness I, I i think there's something about like i mean it all comes from being a kid right and the things that just affect you but yeah i was like afraid of being laughed at so much as a kid i was afraid of being silly or humiliated and then i kind of realized that i wanted those things i wanted to be the guy yeah, humiliate me <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of i kind of <laughs> like i just the worst thing i could imagine happening was like someone pulling me up on stage and messing with me and yet that's all i could think about it was all i wanted <laughs> I love acting. Like, I love being on stage. I was about to say, I love being the center of attention, but that's kind of <laughs> true. Um, I love being on stage. Like, I love doing hosting stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like like doing panels and stuff. I love just being the person who's, like, the moderator or yeah. sort of running things. I've always done that. And, but But <laughs> there's been some moments where... I was the butt of the joke and then I'm like, oh my God, like just kill me, please. This is I'd rather I'd rather walk out of this restaurant than let this server continue to make jokes at me. I don't or about me. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like being on the but <laughs> like I mean that's just a whole mental health thing. But but I think the like the link to the link to kink <laughs> in that regard is is like the whole theatricality of it like i've done circus themed stuff and Mm -hmm. so have you so like i think there's something to that totally being the middle the middle of this situation where people are watching absolutely or characters are watching or doing things to you and the performance yeah overwhelmed maybe i i've certainly drawn that a lot I draw that as well. And I, it's one of my favorite things, like to be overwhelmed by a, by a crowd or like, it's kind of how I got into impact play. Like there was an audience and there was a rapport with the person doing it. And there was, you know, like it was this whole theatrical thing, but I think that's kind of what kink is in a way. Like we, it's the safety of you get to be in what in a normal setting would be so mortifying. You get to do it in a way that's you're safe. And so it's okay that these people are laughing at you because it's kind of to get you off. Like you, you get to experience you're all in it, on it without the danger. Yeah, exactly. What is impact play? Uh, spanking. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I got <laughs> smacked around. <laughs> impact play. I'm, I'm Technical like, term. as you said that, I'm like, what could that possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> A crash dummy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like dropping somebody on the floor. I was like, Okay. Okay, you wanted to circle back to how you started writing that comic. Yeah. Okay. So I'm in I'm in Canada. I, I live near Toronto, uh, and I frequent uh, Niagara Falls, which is where my dad lives. And there's this strip 
of like tourist attractions. It's like haunted houses and mm-hmm. like Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and like knockoff Madame. Pardon me. Let me do that. Can I burped? Yeah, you can. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was about to say you can do that directly into the mic if you like. And there's like a knockoff Madame Tussauds. And one of the things was called the Big Top Mirror Maze, mm. and I w- and there there is a another mirror maze there. It was just like called Crystal Maze, and I'm like, that's probably a, a, a legal title, but all right. Um, they have th- they have a thing they're like Wizard Golf, and it's the Harry Potter fund, and I'm just like, <laughs> that's got to be like infringing on a copyright. But yeah, they have they had a mirror maze. And that mirror maze, there's nothing else in it. It's literally just a mirror maze and you pay like $10, like a a ridiculous amount. This one was called the Big Top Mirror Maze and it boasted that it had four different mazes. And I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. Um, So, you know, it's like $13, some ridiculous amount. The the first part of it was just like a walkthrough mirror maze. Um, But as you're walking, like... It's one of those in it's not like glass, it's it's mirrors. So it looks like there's like an infinity of ways you could walk around. Yeah. And as you walk through, um, little Pepper's ghost uh characters like like the, a light turns on behind one of the mirrors, and so you can see the character, like right. one of those ghost effects. Um, and one of them's like a mermaid, and she's like, You're going the right way. And then as you go through, there's more like circusy characters, and there's like a strong man who's like, Hey check out these pecs i'm ripped and i'm just like oh my god (laughs) i'm going through it with my boyfriend and so we're both commenting on just like the kind of kinky nature of that Uh, and wait sorry is it an actor behind the mirror or is it recorded oh no it's like it's like a static figure and just like as you walk by like a laser somewhere triggers the audio to play and the light to turn on um so the next the next portion of the maze was was all curtains um, so imagine you're like trapped in a box, like, you know, two feet by two feet mm-hmm. and it's just curtains on all side of you. And then you go through one of them and it's another one of those rooms. So it's just tiny room after tiny room of curtains, curtains, curtains. And sometimes there's a wall. So it was, um, it was a lot of like, you know, false ways to go and it's very disorienting, but very fun. Um, and then we get to the next room and it's called the black hole and it's a space themed room and i'm like oh okay so it's just going to be a bunch of black curtains we're going to like walk through like a tunnel of just like it's going to be completely pitch black you turn the corner and there's what i can only describe as a big butt cheek just in the wall and you have to go through it it was it was a it was a hallway with two big inflatable <laughs> The whole wall was inflatable, pushed <laughs> together what? to make a f- like a but you sheet. have to squeeze through it. Yes, can oh. I screen share on this thing? <laughs> oh, Please do. Oh, oh wait, no, but can. I can. I can swap. We're, let's take a quick second for me to do this. I can put Dude. on OBS. Okay, let me just tell you, it took everything in my being when you said the black hole to not make some kind of that was my nickname in prison joke. And then as soon as you said the butt, I was like, oh no, this is this is this is really happening. Oh, I can't you, switch camera while we're oh, recording. Okay, that's disappointing. You, okay, you have to show me this after. I'll show it to you after. Yeah, I might need to link it in the description so everyone at home can see this thing because this. I have is a video of me doing walking through this fun house so yeah we can like drop a link or something oh my god please anyways so yeah you turn the corner 
And it's this like butthole in the wall and you have to squeeze through it. And as you're walking through this thing, like it's continuing to be inflated. Like there's constantly an air supply. So it's always inflated. So it's pushing in on either side of you and just enveloping you. And I, and I, the first time we see this, I turn the corner. I'm like, Oh my God. And my boyfriend is like, Jesus Christ, because he knows that I draw this stuff. He's, he's seen that I'm into it (laughs) and he always teases me about it. And then here's like, Honestly, walking through this thing, it feels like being bored. It was wow, it was great. And so, and as I, I didn't realize when you come out of it, there's like a curtain to go back and do it again if you want to, because uh, because <laughs> there's like it was like a bypass, like if you didn't want to do it or if it's not like oh, uh, oh I know, see accessible enough, right? You can yep. skip it. Yep, yep, yep. But <laughs> yeah, like damn, <laughs> it was like the perfect. It's that experience, like if. People wow. brought that to like a Vorcon, everyone would be using this thing. Why <laughs> Not a Vorcon, a furry convention. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say a Vorcon. <laughs> Vorcon needs to be a thing now. Absolutely um, does. But yeah, like, and then the next maze was like the the Cage of Chaos. And it's just like, because it has to fit a wheelchair still, it was just like, you know, cage turn right turn left that's it there was no there was no maze to it there was no puzzle or whatever um and then the next bit was more mirror maze but as we come out of this thing i'm like oh my god a kinky fun house like you go into like a fun house and it's just like a bunch of kinky things happen to you like there's the tentacle room or something and it's like can you get out of the tentacle room And, and the more i started thinking about it i was like this this could be like a comic like just a the idea of a kinky funhouse, like a, an attraction that people go into, and they're not expecting that kind of stuff. They're like, "This is just a regular funhouse," and then it like develops more, or maybe like the stuff they're into. And then I started to think of like, "Oh yeah, what if it's like a magical funhouse yes. that that turns into the stuff the people who go in are like f- like into or or think is perilous and stuff." And it, it and then I'm and then I started being like, oh yeah, the funhouse of horror. It could be like a like a spooky funhouse. It could be run by the people who make the costume shop for my comic. And then I started thinking of the whole storyline of just like, yeah, we're we have all these costumes that you know that are alive and don't know what to do during the day. What if we make a place <laughs> where they can like have fun with people who go in willingly? And and I I like the idea of my character just being like we need an insane like legal document for people to sign before we go in here. <laughs> and then I was like, what if people only see it because they're, it's like the, the federal bureau of control. They only see it when they want to. And they uh-huh. like, no one uh-huh. else walking by will see it like the TARDIS. Um, and, and yeah, it became like a, your character here thing. I was just going to like draw pre draw a bunch of ideas and then pe- my friends in discord started RPing it with me, like role, role playing through text And one of the first ones we did was you walk through the room, you walk into the room and it's a giant circus and there's three like furry characters with huge bellies and they're dressed as clowns Mm. and they just start, you know, bouncing you around and then dressing you as a clown. And then what if they just shove you down their pants? Like, and then the more we, I started to do that RP, the more I was like, yeah, clowns. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. I had never thought of it before. I've never <laughs> looked at. I've always been scared of clowns because scary face, and that scares me. But the more I started drawing like 
just uh like it's a it's in particular it's a lion a kangaroo and an elephant yep. and they're they're like just you know um humanoid looking furries um they're they're just you know big bellied and they look friendly and all the only difference is some of them are wearing like a little bit of makeup on their face or they have a clown nose otherwise it's they're you know it's just very bright colorful outfits and then they start doing lewd things to you <laughs> Which I think is the fun bit of, Absolutely. of drawing all of this stuff together is the aspect of, of the contrast of a very bright, colorful, kind of like ridiculous, silly, playful kind of thing mixed with those perilous aspects of like vor and transformation and being like squished into the ground and shit, which... I don't think there's a name for that. People in the fandom have been collectively calling it smooshing <laughs> as like the thing you're into. Just, just smooshing. being squished. Like as being, in being, being like buried in the ground itself or just being like trampled? Being like pressed into a wall or into mm-hmm. the ground or between two things or being sat on. I think it's just the, that whole aspect of like being sat on, but just on your whole body. Like yep. how Vor is like getting a blowjob, but for your whole body, <laughs> which is the way I explain Vor to people when they're That's like, a really what? good. What yeah. I'm like, okay, do you like, do you like getting sucked off? Imagine that everywhere. And they're like, no. And I'm like, why? Why not? <laughs> There's a good like visual. I mean, I don't like getting sucked off, so I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's so sad. But I for me it's more like I like the idea of being absorbed into something. Or cuz for me, like as a kid I always wanted to be kidnapped. <laughs> you know, I just wanted <laughs> the clowns to come and take me. I just wanted <laughs> I just picture you watching like those kids safe videos or it's like <laughs> This man walked up to this girl and was like, do you want to come in my van? And you're watching this. You're like, yeah, yeah. That damn. <laughs> I, I didn't know why, but I wanted the, I guess the attention of like someone <laughs> taking you and putting you in something. You know what I mean? Like I wanted the clowns to like carry me to the circus and, you know, stuff me in a cage or a pie or, you know, something. Uh, oh yeah. Know, that's all fun. Stuff me but in I, slime. Just... I want to be kidnapped. Why? I like the attention. <laughs> I can come up with a better way oh of getting it. This is a safe space. I feel like you and I can make jokes and laugh about that kind of stuff. Of course. I feel like Anyways. also we sort of have to. Otherwise, you know, we might cry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should we take a quick break? And then I want to ask you a little bit more about... Um, your comic because I remember seeing it so long ago and so it was crazy to me when I got like links to to you on Instagram that was like so awesome and totally the vibe I like I go for in my art as well like I it's very much like you and then like a bit of Rob Clark's art and then a couple other hints of other stuff in there but it's definitely all about the like cartooniness but yeah let's take a quick break yeah I yeah, I want to be in the butt. Can I be in the butt? Uh, that butt video is yeah, damn. I've, I've... And then I did draw like. A, do I have it in here? Should. Oh, it's so dark you can't even see. Oh no, there we go. 
That's uh, just like the black hole comic I did. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But it ended up being a dick. Anyways. <laughs> okay, I didn't that, draw like a proper version of that. That that comic, yeah, is one of my favorites. I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, I, I need to read this whole thing. Actually, that and The Lost Fantasy Hero, that that was the other one that that series I have don't you think t- that's mine. No, it's not. Have you seen the Oh <laughs> I thought you were describing a comic of mine. I'm like No 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 no, no. it's um Iceman Blue. If you haven't read that, that is Yeah, it is really, really good. Gay gay comic Ooh. geek did a, a That looks homoerotic. Extremely, yeah, yeah. Extremely. Just a lot I liked a lot of the situations. Like I'm not um he draws a lot of like muscly bodies and that sort of thing and just uh a lot of like that stuff and the sex acts isn't my vibe so much, but more like what happens to the character and how he gets taken and what they do to him. And they, there's one bit where he gets, um, they transform him into an egg pooping rabbit by like sticking a, a, a potion up his butt. And then his butt swells and he starts like pooping out these eggs and they they want to make the transformation permanent and and keep him on the farm with the farm animals and have him suck the the um the multiple dicks that the cow man has and and yeah that was that was a good is one. this the one that's on Amazon that I'm looking at <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, the the lost fantasy hero is on Amazon is it but then again so is my stuff so who am I who I mean, am I to say <laughs> in this day and age what who isn't on Amazon. Uh, I, I'm just looking at that one you sent me. Do you know how badly... Okay, so it's um, R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. There's yep. an episode about um, a kid who's afraid of clowns and this group of clowns are stalking him. And then they end up... Like, he ends up at a circus show where they pull him on stage and they stuff him in this box and they turn it like a jack-in-the-box and he turns into a clown and, oh my god! Yeah, and they're like laughing at him and teasing him about being turned into a clown and showing him his reflection. And it is intense, but it is—I mean, like the idea of being grabbed by clowns, stuffed into a box, and turned into one is like top tier for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm watching this right now. <laughs> yeah, go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like it's equal part. Like it kind of makes me anxious to watch. Like it's equal parts scary and incredibly hot they're gonna bring up the hunting hour episode where a mascot costume stuffs people inside and it's all like fleshy and shit like because it's alive oh no no there's a few goosebumps ones like that there's a lot of goosebumps yeah (laughs) we could blame arl stein for everything (laughs) yeah i have to think that he he either which i guess is what we're led to believe is that he's sort of whimsically uh unaware and has just this wonderful imagination or he, or he's working through something, and I don't know if it's he's working through a fantasy or he's working through uh, a phobia. But this, it it's all the it's all the things that we said where it's like everything is perilous. This yeah. is all the stuff that should be scary. Yeah, like as a kid, you know, we're supposed to be scared that uh, an evil snake is gonna take us up into a tree and hypnotize yep. us, and yep. then we're like, nope, that sounds pretty cool to me, and that's <laughs> why there's like eight thousand pieces of car artwork so on on Fur Affinity. Much there's so much of that because it's uh, 
that all of that is so unintentional. It's like, here's something scary, yeah. a big snake eating John Voight. And then we're like, no, that no, sounds like no, fun. No. Yeah. I vividly remember an episode of Biff and Chip. I don't know if you have, it's a very English thing. Biff and Chip okay. and the Magic Key. Anyway, whatever. But there was an episode where they get kidnapped by these giant, like, space birds and put into their nest. And the bird thinks that they're one of its babies and, like, tries to treat it like one of the babies. I-, I just remember being like, I want to be kidnapped by a freaky space bird that, like, forces me to be its child. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people who draw that stuff and that's not my thing, but I've always also wondered like where that comes from. No idea. But that's, I feel like that's a bit more of like a real place. Like we've all been, you know, we've all been babies. (laughs) We've all been kids and we've all been, you know, coddled and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing. Like we all have an idea of what these things would be like. I mean, like everyone has an idea of what it's like to be infantilized. Everyone has an idea of what it's like to be, taken or or held against your will. It's also the kind of of things that um, I was recently watching a documentary on the importance of play and looking at how the way animals play, all this kind of rough and tumble, they're they're learning in a safe way to act out how to fight and how to, or to hunt or whatever. And it's kind of the same thing. I feel like kink is a lot of that, where it's like, we get to safely play. We get to safely experiment and experience things that, yeah, in real life, would be quite perilous but actually it's kind of a way for us to mentally i don't know prepare for them or or understand them yeah i kind of like that idea i i i'm i started taking uh, improv classes and the first class we had the teacher was like as an adult we forget how to play yeah we're told not to how to how to like play the way a child would like make believe yeah, exactly and for adults yeah. like improv is one of those ways to do that yeah totally and and i've always been into the whole just aspect of like role playing and like <laughs> very frequently my partner and i will just be like hey it's me the the head of the the baseball team <laughs> you nerd you water boy nerd come over here and give me water <laughs> like We'll pretend with that stuff, but then we'll just break down laughing after like 20 seconds because <laughs> it is just so silly. But but also that's like one of those fantasies. Totally. Um, with So yeah, that's like, that's how I started with Slime and Quicksand and stuff and Vor and stuff like that. It came from Goosebumps. Yeah. You know, obviously the whole snake coiling thing that came from Jungle Book and, you know, the first trial in uh the first harry potter book everyone was talking about how cool the wizard's chest thing was and i'm over here like nope i would jump into devil's snare and that would be awesome oh for a second i was like wait fluffy (laughs) no the devil's snare (laughs) getting slammed on by the dog somebody got me to draw fluffy (laughs) before (laughs) for a vor thing oh okay because i wanted to ask what like your weirdest commission was or you know like i want to know oh my god yeah, go, go, go. I mean, you could throw a rock and hit one of my weird commissions. <laughs> I do love all of them, though. Um, oh, I, I never pick up something I've never wanted to do. I, I mean, I there's there's been a couple like fandoms where I'm like, I need to make a bit of money. Why not? I'll just draw a character I've never drawn before. Mm-hmm. But recently, it's been all of this Funhouse stuff. People love the whole Funhouse thing. Totally. And there, I, I have one like Patreon guy who all just keeps commissioning more Funhouse stuff, more of the clowns, yep. and it keeps getting more absurd. And I keep going, I love it. Like the one <laughs> I just recently did was, uh, "Hey, can you draw? 
can you draw uh, my character being sucked up into the trink, the trunk of the elephant clown, and then the lion clown has his butt spread out, and it's been painted to look like a bullseye, and the clown, the elephant clown, shoots him out of his trunk and into his bullseye butt like a dart. Wow! And I'm like, I love you. Thank you so much for asking me to draw these things. <laughs> and honestly, that's probably the best comic I've drawn recently. Wow. Like, People are like, damn, like it, it also just looks good. Like everything it's, it's the more absurd those requests get, the more I like explore doing ridiculous poses and more macro stuff of like, okay, well I'm going to draw something a lot bigger than it normally would Mm -hmm. be playing with size and scale and things like that. Those have been so fun. Well, it's Um, like anything like watching someone have fun doing what they do is, is always like fun you know what i mean and and it's there i i love bringing to life something someone's desire that like kind of is alien to me because i like drawing it and then kind of going like okay i see this i see how this is and when they like it it's like okay cool and then if they commission you again it's like okay we're going even bigger this time it's gonna be blobbier and rounder and squeakier or whatever it is i love i love seeing that and i love seeing that in art when people draw things that you can tell the person commissioning it had like a real vision and the person drawing it was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> so many times people will just be like, they'll throw out keywords to me mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like that funhouse, like comic or if somebody's like, I want a comic in the funhouse, but I don't know what. And I'm like, just throw out keywords to me yeah, and I'll, and I'll write, I'll make a suggestion or write it. And much of the time I will be like, okay, so how about like you're in this like themed room and it's like a bouncy house and then this happens this happens and they're like oh yes please oh my god yes yeah Uh, that's like being being somebody who like it's really really good to have a commission come in where somebody just like trusts you as the artist to draw something they're they are gonna like regardless yeah like they know they could just throw words at me and and i'll be on top of it yeah that's i drawing the funhouse comic specifically is like a lot of people have been like, I was never into this thing mm-hmm. until I read your comic and I, and now I'm into it. And that, I, I mean, I, it makes me really happy. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if it's, if it, if it's good that I should be the, the harbinger of this particular <laughs> king for them, but I don't know if you know if I'm using that word right. I think that's awesome. I love that. What I was doing was in such a safe silly experimental way that they started thinking about it a bit more like where it's the clown thing people are so afraid of clowns yeah and and i'm like and they're like your funhouse thing sounds good but i'm I'm afraid of clowns and i'm like just take a look they are not evil they're not scary although i did ask uh, somebody to draw me a demon clown (laughs) and i have not drawn them into the comic yet but i have like four pieces of art and i'm like holy shit this is so good um (laughs) and honestly that thing terrifies me but also the whole aspect of it being terrifying and also being used for the the weird lewd stuff is very fun to me but yeah, they see the clowns and they're like, you know, this this helped break that because it looks fun. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not like an evil clown with like a knife or something. Exactly. But a horrifying face. It's just like a very kind looking kangaroo furry who's totally. just like has a red nose. That's, that's what I, yeah, that's like, I am not into the 
the the horrifying aspect like for me it's the the silly goofy friendly looking clown that that really does it for me and i i think that's so cool because what you people when people say that to you that that you've awoken something in them what you've really done there is you've helped them to realize something about themselves you've you've helped them to in a safe way visualize something that they can enjoy and i think as well let's not forget how difficult it is to accept all these parts of ourselves that no one teaches us how to. And so when someone is willing to do that, even in the smallest way, which is like, let's say, you know, accepting the things that you imagine as, as, as part of you and what you like and your desires going, taking the, that, that step to being like, I'd like an artist to actually draw this for me. It, there's, I don't know. It feels like there's a, a little moment of self-acceptance, you know, you're kind of, giving them the platform to go, oh, wow, this is cool. This is awesome. And it's just for them. It's just for them to have. And like, I think that's a really, really cool thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's it's fun doing like a commission. Sometimes people will be like, please don't use my name and stuff. Totally, totally. But, and, then, and then when I post that, there are so many people who are also like, oh, man, this is great. I love Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And like, yeah that that always feels honestly in general posting any piece of artwork of mine where it's like a weird thing that i like and having people respond to it in such a positive way always feels great yeah because like especially when it's a story-based thing like a weird thing like the funhouse the first comic i drew for that was the the clown one like clown chaos and to like for me to be like i'm gonna draw this because i want to and then it to be like the most popular thing right. that i've done recently right it that makes me insanely happy when people are like can we see more of these clowns please and now i get to think of all these fun new scenarios for like how would i use these characters <laughs> and, it, and not not because i feel obliged to do it for an audience that likes that thing but because i like that thing and they're also on board with it like I, I I've I've done one or two comics where I'm not fully invested in it, and I you know I think people can tell because that's not the ones they're cl- the people are clamoring for. Yeah, uh, like I I do a sci-fi comic and I'm just like I've run out of ideas for this, mm-hmm. but no one's been like, why aren't you doing the space comic? There people are way usually way more on board with me in general in my life. People have been on board with things that i have been passionate about absolutely which has been very very good because like i have i have in real life friends who knew i drew vor and weird things like this and they don't care they they are happy to see me drawing these things and they've read them and they're like these are these are silly these are great and mm. it, and it's usually friends of mine who I'm like I there's no way in hell I would have imagined that they would read something like the costume shop and find yeah. it fun because it is so gay and it and it's so much about vor and like uh costuming and transformation and stuff and then and then my real life friends read it and they're like yo this is great and I'm like all right then we uh <laughs> Well, I, like one of those things was we did, um, I wrote a live action version of my comic, The Costume Shop. Um, I wrote it as a stage show. And then I was like, who wants to do, like, would anyone actually want to do this? And a bunch of my friends jumped on board. And after we finished the script read, they're like, I'm like, and that's The Costume Shop. And they're like, Tyler, why is there no Vore in this in this play? <laughs> I'm like, how do you want me to do that on stage? 
with, with the giant inflatable butt. Come on. <laughs> so when we did the second, I wrote a second play and uh, a lot of the same people were still on board to reprise their characters. Um, and I wrote a scene where the, the main human guy, they're supposed to be solving a fake murder mystery. And the, the main human guy's like, all right, werewolf costume. We got to solve this. And he's like, or we could have some fun. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, wouldn't it be great if I just pushed you against this table and swallowed you? And I wrote this in because my friends were like, how come there's no vor in the play? And then, so I wrote this, this bit and my friend is reading it with the cadence of somebody with the cadence of a friend who is teasing their friend because he knows I like that. And he knows I wrote it to be this way and he's just doing it to, to do it well and annoy me. (laughs) And he did, and he doesn't reading the werewolf bit. He's describing swallowing a human. He's like, this is ridiculous, but it's great. He's like, he's so on board because it is so, so silly. And I can't imagine a general audience of people watching a show like that and see like, it must be so weird. That's, that's so amazing. And also it's so great when somebody, the, the affirmation of somebody liking what you like, partly I think because like you say that you can tell when there's passion behind something, but also just the affirmation of other people being like, oh no, yeah, me too. Like, actually, my one of my favorite things that I drew was just something I wanted to draw, which was uh, a, a clown scene and a guy getting hypnotized by clowns. And someone on Twitter made that one their profile picture. And I was <laughs> nice. like, what? I, I mean, I did have to have a quick word with them about, you know, crediting your artist but like they did and they were like cool uh, sorry yeah yeah i'll credit you i just wanted i, I really like it and i wanted to keep it and i was like okay it's very cool those little moments Do, okay so this has happened to me quite a bit and i'm i'm wondering how often you get stuff like this with people not um appreciating that art is work um yeah my so I used to be a graphic designer for like a major theme park news website. And I like, they would ask me for stuff and because they see that I, you know, put things out pretty quickly and consistently, Mm -hmm. they just assume that everything that I make needs to be done in the same way. And I like a lot of the time I felt so underappreciated there because like they'd give me a task to do where it's like, like the the thing where it's like let's recreate the pre-show of mystic manor and like i'm like how do i do this and they're like i don't know they everything would be left up to me and then by the time i finish it and do something they're like cool thanks and that's it like Mm -hmm. there's no they don't understand that for every like one to two seconds of editing like so much drawing and graphics work and editing went into it yeah but like honestly now getting away from that job i used to have and getting completely into just my comics work and artwork those those are the people who appreciate it way more yeah i don't think i've ever gotten a commission where somebody has been like what is taking so long Mm -hmm. the people who like commission me they understand that it's art and art is work and it takes time and sometimes you know a person especially now with people being so much more open about mental health and and especially me doing the same with like the people who read my stuff they understand that 
you can't always have days where you're on, mm-hmm. especially when you're drawing not safe for work stuff or adult stuff or weird kink stuff. Like if I'm not feeling good that day, I'm not going to be able to draw feeling good. Yeah. To which to which I've been suggested, like, well, then draw something that, you know, that isn't feeling good. But like, I, I can't imagine what that would be. I would draw. Mm. I just on bad days. I don't want to sit in front of the computer. Right. I, I just right. want to right. sit in bed and watch. You want to do cooking, what's going to help you videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I I very much feel that as well. Like sometimes I'm on a roll and I'm getting through things faster than I normally would. But like anything, you have an off day and the last thing you want to do is like slog through work. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's yeah true to how you feel. I don't know what that would look like drink something when you're having an off day. Well, I mean, I have uh, my, my partner ends up. He loves Hellraiser. He draws mm. a lot of Hellraiser, art, so like cool. the movie series. Ugh. So so he, he has that outlet where he could go to to like if that that's one of the outlets where he, if he's like thinking or feeling something he goes to that i think at least he's never told me i just always i just make that <laughs> assumption i could be totally wrong cut that out anyway <laughs> okay well anyway thank you for well thank you for your time today we're kind of hitting that hour mark um yeah. and i feel like we could go way longer but i'm gonna let you get on with your day. we can keep going let's make a bonus episode <laughs> oh do you know what i really i really do want to do that but I, okay, but just for the the ending, I, I always want to try and end with a positive thing. Shout out someone who's doing something cool or something, no matter what it is, just a, a, a positive vibe or feeling or, or event or anything. Have you got something positive to end on? Do you want to like set me up for it? And we could yeah. pretend like we didn't have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, fine. Okay, so just to wrap up, I always want to end with something positive. Do you have anything you want to shamelessly plug or um, anyone who's doing something cool that you want to talk about? Oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking that. That's like such a great question. (laughs) (laughs) So natural, so unplanned. Let's pretend we didn't talk about it. Sorry, that's my favorite kind of joke in a a podcast. It's like it's clearly been (laughs) pre-prepared. Um, I would say I would say go listen to Coddle's, Coddle's stuff. If you look up like Sage Naga ASMR, you'll come across all of it. I, I, their channel is called uh, Sibylline Sounds. It's a lot of it's a lot of just very soothing like ASMR type audio where it's like, "Hello, welcome to your appointment." Today I'm going to take you. Oh my god, sorry. I, I do a really good version of that voice. Um, <laughs> it's just really soothing there it uh some of it is just breathing like i think there's a really good 15 minute like just focus on your breathing and along the way anaga's like picture my coils just (laughs) going around your lap and and Mm. but it's just so nice like you kind of you you kind of melt into that audio a bit and it's like I put that on, I'm like, I'll put on this 15 minute audio to just relax. And by the time I know it, it's reached like the sixth video in the playlist of like, you know, 20, 30 minute audios. I, I just have a whole playlist called relaxation and it's mostly those and, and they're great. Damn. That's awesome. So I'd say check their stuff out. Yeah. Fab. Okay. So my, today my shout out is for, um, support pup cooper uh cooper is a professional coach i first encountered on instagram and he offers 
kink-specific counseling to those of us in the community uh, to deal with specifics that not all of us maybe feel comfortable sharing with like a regular therapist. Um, so he actually helped me very early on in my kink journey uh, to bring issues surrounding kink and my own sexual identity into my regular therapy. So I can personally attest to his effectiveness. Um, and he's also just a really, really sweet guy. He's very easy to talk to. And he also um, creates these wonderful little infographics about kink um, that are really informative. Uh, and the focus is heavily on putt play, but he kind of um, dabbles in everything. So you can follow him at all one word, support Pup Cooper on Instagram or at support underscore Cooper on Twitter. Uh, and I'll, I'll link that in the description as well. And yeah, I think we absolutely need more people like him doing the awesome work he's doing because there's not enough like kink specific work out there. Um, so Tyler, where can people find you? Oh, um, if you look up Tyler Mann with two N's art, you'll find all my stuff. Uh, TylerManArt.ca, because I'm Canadian, <laughs> is the place to go to. To like, I post all my comics, all my archive is up there. You can read all of like that Funhouse comic um, and any typically any new like bonus comics or anything that I that I have made in the past. I'm posting up there. Um, I have a upcoming Kickstarter for a series of kind of Dr. Seuss Vore parody rhyming books. Oh my God. Um, I'm so I'm making a new one and I'm putting them all together into one big book and it's, it's going to be fantastic. So I'm doing a Kickstarter for that uh, very shortly, but if you visit my website, it'll have like all the information on that. Fantastic. And I'll link those in the description as well. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at T Stota and on Instagram at the underscore muckle underscore Stota. Thank you for joining me today, Tyler. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. <laughs> awesome. I think we may have to have you back because there's, uh, there's more I want to talk about. Yes, in... please. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I have been your host and now I am tired. Goodbye. I'm still working on the finish. I haven't quite figured out. That's what I said on the first one and I thought it was funny, but now I don't know. That's Every great. goodbye I have is like, it feels very aggressive. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. You gotta, you gotta trail, you gotta say something and then trail off. Okay. Very nice. At the end. Okay, great. Thank you for uh, joining us in this episode of The Big Top and we'll see you next week. Is that what you meant by trail off? <laughs> no, I meant like finish on like a thought. Like, oh right. Well, that's all. F that's all for us here at the Big Top. <laughs> and remember, the circus is always here for you. Like that. <laughs>
Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.